What's up, guys? Welcome to episode six of Adorn Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about why theology matters, the good and the bad. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. Okay, so Aaron, is there anything other than theology that you really love to study? Yes, I am um, really interested in health and fitness. So I do a lot of studying on um, workouts and the type of workouts and their benefits and um, all that kind of stuff. And then also just nutrition. So what should you be eating? Why should you be eating that? Is there a certain time you should be eating it? So I spend a, um, a decent amount of time kind of just studying that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 I was thinking about it and I was like, man, I do. I spend a lot of time studying how to teach my children Mm -hmm. (laughs) since we homeschool. Mm -hmm. I'm always looking on Facebook pages and all different resources, trying to figure out the best way to teach them. I also do a lot of studying of curriculum, which sounds so crazy, (laughs) but trying to figure out the best curriculum for Mm -hmm. them and um, just what's going to work right for our family. So I spend a lot of time studying that, I guess. Um, But yeah, so we study a lot of different things, don't we? Like other than the Bible, other than theology, we study a lot of different things. And so that got us thinking about what um, A.W. Tozer actually says this. He says, what you believe about God is the most important thing about you. So we spend all this time studying other things. What we believe about God is actually what's most important. So shouldn't we spend time studying Mm -hmm. God? Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about today, why studying God matters. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about the good and a little bit about um, how it could be a not so positive thing in some people's lives if it's kind of twisted the wrong direction. So when I first start thinking about this, I think um, I like to think back to the beginning of a significant relationship in life. So if you're married, it can be your husband. If you're single, maybe it's a close friend. When you were first getting to know that person, didn't you want to learn every little detail about them? You wanted to learn their birthday, where they were born. You wanted to know about their family, their parents, their siblings, their favorite foods, their favorite color, their favorite movie, their favorite sport, etc. Since this is a close friend or spouse that we're talking about, it's probably safe to assume that the more you learned about them, the more you loved them, right? The closer your relationship became, do you ever stop getting to know that person better and deeper? No. Actually, this week, I just learned something new about Jonathan that I didn't know. I learned that his favorite tree is a mesquite tree. (laughs) I don't even know what that is. The amazing (laughs) mesquite tree. And it's simply because it brings back memories of um, where he grew up because Mm -hmm. they had a lot of mesquite trees. He also told me he really likes pine trees because, once again, there were a lot of pine pine trees where he used to go to camp in Mm -hmm. Arizona. And there's a ton of pine trees in Colorado, and we know how much he loves Colorado. Mm -hmm. So... But I just learned that about him this week. We've been together for like 13 years, married for 10 or something like that. (laughs) And (laughs) um, something like that, you know. And 
I just learned yeah. that about him. Yeah. So you never stop mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. to know the other person more. So if you're not continually learning more about each other, the relationship becomes stagnant and dare I even say boring at times if you're not growing and learning more. You might even forget why you began the relationship to begin with. So this is why I think theology is so important. It's all about knowing who God is, learning his character so we can develop an even deeper desire and love for him. And I also think about how the more I know him and his character, the more I realize how sinful I am and how much I need him, how much I need his grace and his love. And so, yeah, that's what I think about when I think about why it's, um, the first thing I think about when I think about why it's important to study theology. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And it makes it really understandable when you relate it to your spouse or a close friend. Um, we mentioned last week, the resource of systematic theology, and this reminds me of a quote from that book. It says, The more we know about God, about his word, about his relationships to the world and mankind, the better we will trust him, the more fully we will praise him, and the more readily we will obey him. I think that's just exactly what you're talking about in a nice, perfect little quote. Yeah, that's good. I think another reason why it's important is because the Bible says it's important. Like that should be enough. That should be (laughs) all we need. But um, it's it's an act of obedience um, to grow in theology because the Bible says to. So if you look at the Great Commission, which is Matthew 28, 19 and 20, it talks about going and making disciples of all nations, but doesn't stop there. It says, and to teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. So this this great commission isn't just evangelism. It's also discipleship and theological formation, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. So we need to not only be reaching people for Christ, but also we need to be helping them to know what it means to live for him and to know him and to love him and to obey him. And we see this all throughout scripture. I mean, I'm thinking back to um, why we named our podcast Adorned. If you haven't listened to that um, introduction, our first episode, we talk about Titus 2. And in verse 1, it says, But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. And it goes on and goes on. But if you skip down to verse 10, it says, So that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. So we see this all throughout Scripture and how it's... Um, it's an act of obedience for us to be growing in, in theology, and it matters because the Bible says it matters. So yeah, that also makes me think about Titus 1.1 that says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness. So knowledge, it's so important. Knowing what you believe about God and knowing his word is just so important. Yep, goes back to that Tozer quote. What you believe about God is the most important thing about you. Absolutely. So why else, Casey, is theology important? So knowing what we believe and really having this firm foundation, it allows us um, when we get to a theological question that we might not know the answer to, we realize that we might not ever completely understand it because God's ways are above our ways. But when we do face a situation we don't understand, it allows us to know enough about God and his character to rest in what we do know about him. So it gives us that good foundation. They gave this example in systematic theology. They said, when you're doing this um, jigsaw puzzle, Mm -hmm. You usually start, or most people start, my kids sometimes refuse to do this, and it drives me bonkers. There's a right way to do a puzzle. There's a right way to do a puzzle, people. Come on. But 
most people start with the outside Mm -hmm. of the puzzle and they kind of frame it and then you start putting pieces on the inside. So when you think about having this foundation in theology and knowing what you believe, you can think of it as you're making that frame to that puzzle and then you're starting to put pieces on the inside. And the more pieces you have in the puzzle, the easier it is when these questions that you haven't ever thought of before are like, faced before when they came come up you have these pieces already in the puzzle and so it's so much easier to work through and so Mm -hmm. much easier to get that complete picture so good that's such a great example and it makes me think I have a personal just example with this one I've been dealing with this one theological question that I have been searching and searching and searching and searching and not really able to have a full understanding because like Casey said his ways are above our ways and I'll just give it to you in in being all honest and vulnerable here, I've been struggling with this idea of how did Satan fall? If God made everything and is good, like it says in Genesis, then how was there a chance for sin to even become a thing? So this is a question, um, like I said, I've been studying all different sources of um, resources, the Bible, um, podcasts, different books, and I've just had to come to the place that I have my jigsaw puzzle in place. I know God is good. I know God is sovereign. Those are um, just theological things that I can rest on that it's, I have to come to a place where it's okay if I don't fully understand how Satan was able to sin because I know all of these wonderful truths about God that kind of keep me in that jigsaw puzzle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good. Um, I think this kind of leads into another good point of that, we have to be able to catch bad theology. And the only way to be able to catch bad theology or wrong theology is um, to know the right theology. And sometimes this could come into contact where just your mind or your flesh might come up with the theology you want it to be, or it could be coming in from outside influences. But it reminds me of when I worked at a bank, um, I was a teller for maybe a year after we got married. <laughs> it wasn't my ball game. I don't like having to get dressed and do my makeup every day. So that was the biggest crutch for me in that job. But I did learn a lot. Um, and I think this is a really great, easy um, example to understand is that when you work at a bank, you have to be able to catch counterfeits. And the way you learn how to do that is you spend Like literally, they would make us do this every day, counting our money and looking at it, looking at all the ones, looking at all the fives, all the tens, all the twenties, all the fifties, all the hundreds and studying them and seeing what they feel like, not just what they look like, but what they feel like and just all those differences to really know what a true dollar looks like. That way, when you see a counterfeit, you can catch it and you don't study. This is what I think is interesting. They don't give me a bunch of counterfeits to look at. They give me the real ones so that I can catch when something is not true. And I think that's a really just good thing to know about theology is you have to immerse yourself so much in the true doctrine so that when anything comes in that's not true or your heart tries to tell you a certain theology that's not true or your flesh, you're able to catch it. We might be tempted to put our own ideas or context around what we're reading. So good theology helps us keep that in check. Because we might take one verse the wrong way, but when we study theology, it helps us to kind of gather all of the verses and passages on that topic that you're um, kind of dealing with and use them to kind of give you reference and context on the, the part that you might be taking the wrong way. So 
what I mean by that is there's resources like we've already mentioned, but there's also concordance in a lot of um, Bibles that helps you find other verses that are on the same topic to help you understand them. So for an example, when we've been going through Ephesians, there's the word predestined and a lot of people get caught on that word. So if that's something you get caught on, you can use your concordance and find other verses that use that to kind of give you a framework for that, just like the jigsaw puzzle idea. Um, and I think that's just really helpful to kind of catch bad theology by using scripture to define your true theology. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's great. So last week, we asked the question to each other, what comes to your mind first when you think of theology? So I thought, well, let's take this to a Facebook poll and put the same question out there for Facebook. So when I did, several people said the study of God, which is basically the Webster definition, and that's great. Another friend that has actually been through seminary said it made her think of awkward group projects. And this made me laugh because her and I are actually very similar. We've known each other literally since since birth. And, um, you know, I'm one of those people that I absolutely hated group projects in school. Mm -hmm. I mean, just hand the whole thing over to me and I'll do it all by myself. I might have a few control (laughs) issues, but I'm working through them. I really, really am. I promise. But so anyway, I totally related to her on that one. Um, Then a couple of people had a very just automatic negative reaction to the word theology. Mm -hmm. Um, It was really obvious that there had been some very real hurt in their lives where theology is concerned. And that just, it it broke my heart to think about that. Um, Because C.S. Lewis says, theology is practical, especially now. Consequently, if you do not listen to theology, that will not mean that you have no ideas about God. It will mean that you have a lot of wrong ones, bad, muddled, out-of-date ideas. So what you think about God overflows into every aspect of our lives. And so if you're not digging into theology, then you're more likely to have the not right ideas about who God is. So it really got me thinking because like I said, it, it, broke my heart that these people hear the word theology and they're like bad 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 like they just run from that word so I started thinking about why is that why do people have this bad reaction to that word so I think there are a couple of different reasons that it's such um, a bad word to some people I think that one is because people can be so sure that their theological beliefs are right that they become proud to the point of being just downright mean and arrogant. Mm -hmm. And people don't like being around mean and arrogant people. And so that makes the other person run away. Um, And I think that that's also why theology has become such a divisive thing in our church and the Christian culture in general. I mean, when you think about different denominations, it makes sense to me that people of similar beliefs would congregate together forming these um different churches such like small c churches Mm -hmm. but i think it's important to remember that we're all of the same big c church we're all of the same church family and our core beliefs are the same and that's what's really important so i kind of think of it this way the bible says that we as believers are all brothers and sisters in christ So just like in a biological family, you're not always going to see everything eye to eye. I mean, do you and your sister see everything the exact same way, Erin? No. (laughs) No. But 
Most of the time, you're able to reconcile your differences in order to continue to function as a family because you're ultimately working toward the same goal and you love each other. You want your mm-hmm. kids to be around each other. You, you're family. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about our goal as believers, I think about the Great Commission that Aaron actually talked about earlier. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. This is the big picture. This is what we need to remain focused on as believers and as disciples of Jesus. We need to remember this. Um, When our theological differences start to separate us and divide us, we need to remember that this is our goal. It's all about discipling people and bringing people to Jesus. It's not about the head knowledge. Um, I think another reason that theology can be about, can bring about such negative emotions. And this one actually, this reason actually came to me a little bit later. Um, as we were watching the show Waco that just aired on TV about David Crush and the Branch Davidians. Um, and I got to thinking about the fact that his theology was so extreme that it led to some very painful behavior. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, the study of God and the study of his word should never lead to sinful and just hurtful behavior Mm -hmm. like, like it did for him. And so this is an example of the fact that your belief affects behavior. Um, and, there's actually a quote that we really like that we thought it went that went well with this. It says, belief affects behavior, and so ideas have consequences. A person who believes railroad crossing signal is stuck when in truth a train is coming may soon be dead. Likewise, false doctrine will lead to false deeds. And I think that this is what happened, like with David Koresh and mm-hmm. other other people like him. They they had false doctrine and it led to this behavior that was so painful and so hurtful. And I think that that's, that's the root of where some of this negativity surrounding theology comes from. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that. And that's what makes me so sad because the, the study of God should never lead to negative Mm -hmm. emotions. It's really important for us to, um, just validate that there has been true pain and true hurt from bad theology, from bad theology, wrong theology. And hear me say that because like Casey said, there should not be um, true hurt from good theology. And so um, we want to just validate that. If that is something that you've walked through, um, we are sorry. And that um, on behalf of the church, we are sorry, but that is bad, wrong doctrine. And I think that um, it's just important for you to know that that's bad doctrine and don't let that keep you from the study of God. Don't let that keep you from good doctrine because those shouldn't even be this in the same ballpark. Right. Exactly. And I think that's why I had such a hard time wrapping my mind around it at first. Mm -hmm. I was like, why the negative emotion? Mm -hmm. Because praise the Lord, I haven't been hurt like that. Mm -hmm. But the more I started to think about it and the more the Lord just kind of convicted me and worked on my heart, I was like, oh, wow, people have been really, truly hurt by this. And that is not okay. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Right, right. But it's it's the fact that the theology is wrong that is hurtful. Yes. So I hope that um, clearing that up helps you kind of just see that there is a difference and that um, we all want to be growing in right theology. But I think, too, that sometimes it might not be on a big scale, like we're talking about, because um, belief 
affects behavior. And sometimes that is something as dramatic as the Waco um, that Casey was referring to. But I think also sometimes that is just even in our daily lives, that sometimes that wrong theology can affect our behavior. And it makes me kind of think about our kids. So if our kids, thinking of um, our relationship between our kids and ourselves as the same as ourself and God. So our kids, if they think, um, if they think we will love them less if they do something wrong or make a mistake, then they're going to maybe be shameful about that or hide it from us and try to hide their sin. But if they know that we love them and nothing they do wrong will ever affect our love for them, then that should give them the room to talk to us about those mistakes they made and confess. And I think this is just a little shift in mindset that kind of shows how your belief affects your behavior. Because if we change this to our relationship with God, if our belief is that, you know, God will look at us performance based or he we need to earn our salvation then we that will change how we walk out our lives versus if we have a right theology and that we know and our belief is that God loves us no matter what and his grace covers us and there's nothing we can do that will make him love us less then that will affect our behavior and we can walk in freedom and grow in obedience out of love as a response all right so we thought we'd end this episode just giving a little recap. Um, We know this was a lot of information and it was a little bit heavy at some points, but we hope you walk away encouraged. And just to remind you why theology matters is because just like any relationship we have, it's important to keep growing in our understanding and love for one another. And then it also is important because the Bible says it's important and it's a walk of obedience for us. And then it prepares us for understanding new theological questions that come about. And it helps us to catch wrong theology um, from ourselves or from others. Okay, so we would like to leave you with this little bit of scripture. It's 1 Timothy 1, 3 through 11, and it says, As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they so confidently affirm. We know that the law is good if one uses it properly. We also know that the law is made not for the righteous, but for lawbreakers and rebels, the ungodly and sinful, the unholy and irreligious, for those who kill their fathers or mothers for murders, for the sexually immoral, for those practicing homosexuality, for slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine that conforms to the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed God, which he entrusted to me. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobbs.